Howdy, howdy, howdy. My name's Eric. And this is Berto. And this is the Totally Bias Podcast. Um, so we'll start out with a, a quick quick announcement. Um, so we're we're in talks um, with a with somebody to join the team. Um, I'm not going to say who it is yet, but um, I'll just say that he recently lost his job. Oh, shit. Very recently, very suddenly. Um, and his name rhymes with Shay Felton. So, Shay Felton. Yeah, Shay Felton is the, is the rhyme. In other news, uh, Clay Helton uh, got fired from USC this last week. Um, fired like yesterday. Yeah, so... Uh, <laughs> What a, what a time it is to be a USC fan. Um, I also did not realize that he was on staff at USC and has been for a while. And they promoted yeah. him to head coach in like 2016 or something. Yeah, and so I he's mean, he's been the coach and they've done... They've been just like... Well, they had Sam Darnold. They, did a, they had a couple good years of Shandar, Shan Darnold. Shake Helton. Um, Sam Darnold, a couple good seasons. I think they went like ten and three or something. But then he's been trash. Then they, they actually went backwards, so that's a problem to get to the point. They were like ten and three, then they were like eight and four, then they were like seven and five, then last year they were like five and one because of the COVID season and they started one and one. They were like, This is going backwards. This is not how you do this. So It's amazing yeah. to me that you would fire your coach in the second after the second game. That's what everybody talks about. So that's that's a good point. Why why did he not get fired last December or January? Yeah, I mean, if you if his seat was that hot that all it took was one loss to a conference opponent. Oh, it's a mistake. And you're fired. Well, yeah, I mean, now now the whole team's in disarray for this yeah. whole season. Well, not now you have an interim, and you're probably not going to get a permanent one until the end of the season. So you have ten games of, hey guys, just don't fuck this up. Like, what what, what do you, how do you how do you as an interim coach come in and be like? We're gonna go ten. We're gonna go like win ten games now. Like, what? Well, as you always say, every team thinks they're gonna win a national championship. So we now, now they're like, one. well, how are we gonna no. win the national championship? No, you know. See, now you're misinterpreting. I said week one. Once you lose two games, you're like, well, we're not gonna win a national championship. You dumbasses. Like we're zero two. But yes, uh, Clay Helton is. I don't know where he's at right now. He's actually probably just. He has a fat buyout, so he's probably just doing nothing. Probably had to go be a sideline analyst for Bama and be doing shit. So I feel like a lot of these people are um, so out of touch, you know, because we talk about like, yeah, you know, I, I think um, if you look if you look at Texas, right? I think they're still playing. Paying like, are they still playing Charlie Strong? Yes. And, or they're about to stop. Like, yeah, like, but anyway, they've been paying Charlie Strong to not coach their team for a while, for a while. and they're paying Tom Herman to not coach the team. Yes. How and these guys care to go out and find other jobs? Like, yeah. Fuck, man. Well, they don't really have to because, like I said, they go and end up being a sideline analyst at Bama. Well, yeah, but I'm and just. And they be, they for a year or two because they're still making eight point five million or whatever for two years and then they go and coach Louisville. You know, like that's the thing. That's, like, that's just, that's detention for, you know, well, yeah, well, it's like remedial coaching. Go coach Louisville. Well, no, it's just, sorry. you know, sorry. Louisville. 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 Um, Louisville. Um, Louisville. <laughs> Louisville. No, it's like you're at a big program, you get fired, but you're going to get paid out. 
you know, a lot for a couple years, you can go and be, you know, Nick Saban's bitch on the side. And then, you know, you're going to be like, oh, we won a national championship, and then you're going to get hired and make not the same money, but you're making good money either way to go coach Memphis. You know what's funny is... uh trying to think of other like mediocre teams. Well, speak, South Carolina. Well, if you want to talk more mediocre teams. So, uh, <laughs> Nick Saban. Mediocre teams. Uh, yep. Yep. Okay. Yep. I see so, what you're doing. So, Alabama Crimson. No. Um, so, Steve Sarkeesian. Yep. Right? You look at. That's what he did. That's literally the ex- best ex- example. Yeah, exactly. Like, I think it was, so, you know, the Texas fans are super hyped up because um, they're like, oh, well. You know, these SEC teams don't know what, what's going to hit them. You know, imagine trying to stop a, you know, a Steve Sarkeesian offense. You know, it's like, yeah. Who cares? apparently it's not, it's not that hard. No, it's not that hard. Especially um, when you don't have any offensive linemen, so. No, you have no offensive linemen and, you know, your quarterback you play plays. an SEC team that obviously has D linemen all over the place, so. Yeah. But, be a long day. you know, they're like, who hasn't succeeded as the offensive coordinator at Alabama. Exactly. That's the thing. Who, honestly, who hasn't succeeded or at least done pretty well as a defensive coordinator? Exactly. Since Nick Saban took over. Exactly. I mean, if you have just overwhelming talent, you're going to look amazing. And then, you know, any of these guys that go through his program basically are the... and. You know, I've talked about it on the show before. Ryan Fitzpatrick Dude. of college coaching. You and the, your stupid Fitzpatrick analogy. It's amazing. It's not a great analogy. But, I mean, if you look at their current I OC, yeah. right? I mean, how Hello, do you Brian. how do you take an NFL franchise and run it so far into the ground that people think that it might be, like, one of the worst of all time? Weirdly enough, after week one... Dude, there's so many connections we're about to make with this. It yeah. could be yeah. not that bad, but they beat Jacksonville. Yes. Which, which is Urban Myers there, who is talked about going back to USC job. Also, Bill O'Brien was the head coach at Penn State, which James Franklin's being talked about for also the USC job. Yeah. But why would he leave Penn State? Because USC is one of the top coaching like spots, like in like football. Yes. Like for sure, in college football, it's probably the top five spot to go to. Like, is is like an attainable job. It's probably a top ten or so in NFL or college. Yeah. So, so we're talking about the roller coaster of what it is as coaching jobs. So, like, James Franklin started out like probably as like an OC or DC. Went to Vanderbilt, did all right. Went to Penn State. USC is like higher up for him. Okay. Same thing for essentially Bill O'Brien, except when they go down. He was at Penn. He was somewhere else. He was at Penn State. He went into the NFL. Then he dropped all the way down because he got fucked. And now he's at Bama and going to come back up. Yep. Steve Sarkeesian. But does he go back? Does Bill O'Brien go to a college program? Potentially, yeah, probably. It there seemed like he didn't do well in the NFL. He did better at Penn State. Yeah. Even though that was that that weird time where they couldn't make like. Well, also they, like, Bill, Bill O'Brien's stuff. biggest issues were the fact that he was. The coach and the GM. GM, exactly. The trades were the thing that people were very upset about. And then, you know, he can't, couldn't help a lot of the injuries and things. But, yeah. you know. But, like, he was there right after the whole 
debacle that was going to Penn State, and he didn't have like all the scholarship players and couldn't make like like bowls and stuff, and he did all right. Steve Sarkeesian was at Washington, was at USC, dropped off. Alabama picked him up. Now he's back upish. He's gonna drop off in a minute. You know That's how it goes. Roller coasters, dude. How many? How, but here's the thing, right? Ed so, Ogeron, also so, at USC. I can keep on making the connections. Oh my god! Who started off, made it at USC for a second, dropped off. He did. Went to Ole Miss, also fell off. Somehow got. Is back USC up to just a place where like you go? Giffen, you go to get. Also at Vanderbilt. <laughs> so okay, but how many coaches have they had since like 2000? After Pete Carroll, they've had a lot. But yeah, a they've lot had of a million. Interim also and stuff. So. Well, yeah, but I mean, shit, we just rattled off about 12 guys. Yeah, I think they've had five coaches since, like, 09 or something. Lord. So, yeah, in 12 seasons or whatever, they had five coaches, or now five. So, like, every three, like we said, every three or so years, Texas and uh, USC get a new coach. <laughs> so, the kind of the biggest question in college football Twitter this week was what we just talked about, which is, what are the tiers, uh, yeah. what's the best job in as a head coach, coach in college football. Yeah. Um, my my argument might actually be that the best is Nick Saban's offensive coordinator or defensive coordinator because yeah. you know you're going to get a Power 5 head coaching job. It's just a guarantee. But um, they had – a lot of people had USC and yeah. Texas both in it. Yep. How, many, how many times can you be at a top-tier program in terms of job <laughs> before – you don't get any coach. more chances. Like, is okay. Yeah, three years from now, right? Texas, he, you know, he's gone fifty-six percent, like you know, his win rate or something, yeah. right? Yeah. He gets fired. Yeah. Right. Okay. Now what? So he goes back and is the offensive coordinator at Bama again. I'm assuming, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Of course. Um, and then where does he go? Ohio State. You know, like how many times do you get to be the head coach of a quote-unquote top-tier job? Before his ass is relegated to the American Athletic Conference with the rest of the Texas exes. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's a good point, but I think it's more like we said they're they're fire, hiring and firing coaches every three years, which obviously doesn't prove that they are the best coaching jobs in in the in the league. Like if if they were the best coaching jobs, you wouldn't need them. Like the argument is that like Bama's, Ohio State's, and Clemson's are like you know the best coaching jobs out there but those guys don't flip coaches that much because they're so good so like that's why they are those spots the spots that are flipping coaches all the time might not be that so maybe we're maybe those are incorrect maybe those are sought after but right now they're not the best coaching jobs because you don't have the support i guess you don't you don't get the time to be well there. i guess in your opinion what makes a program be a top job like a top tier job for a head coach. Well, usually you want the facilities, you want the support for um, from your AD and university, um, people that actually buy into you, people that actually care also to give you time. Because unfortunately for like some of these schools like USC and Texas, um, they've been trying to turn it around for years, so they want like almost immediate results. It's really hard to do. So if they give you time. It's easier to build, obviously. So. They give you buy-in, your AD, your you know chancellors and presidents are, are with you, supporting you. They support you with your staff, so you can get your staff you want in. Uh, the student body is there for support. Like it is there for you. But you know maybe these these universities right now, since they aren't so good, aren't 
there, right? So, I, I think, like, if you would have looked back 10, 20 years ago, yeah, these are two of the top five sought-after positions in, in college football as a, as a head coach, but right now, maybe not so. So, it's interesting how to, th- to think about that, which way. It's funny out. that we're talking about those two, and, you know, obviously they met up in the national championship game. And since that game, USC has been not good. They've been on a downward spiral for the most part. Texas was in the national championship in 2010 with with Bama. That was the Colt McCoy Mm -hmm. era. Um, But then after that. Not much. And then, uh, you know, another is Brew McCoy. Just more Texas USC. More Texas USC. Yeah. You know, if you don't know Brew McCoy. Nobody five-star does. receiver. Yeah, no one really does at this point. But Brew McCoy is a five-star receiver a couple of years ago. Yep. Committed to – or signed with USC. Transferred to Texas bef- within like the first week. Yeah, it was like, like – he got to campus and was like, no. fuck Pasadena. Yep. Went – transferred, quote-unquote, to Austin. Yep. Got counted as a part of Texas's recruiting class. Yep. And then – Transferred back to USC, and he's yep. still there, and no one, no one now knows about him, pretty much. Yeah, I don't so. even know if he plays. I don't think he trash. does. But yeah, I mean, hey, those five-star receivers never, you know, completely work out. Sometimes, you know, depends on the ones you're talking about. But yep. yes. Um. But speaking of top jobs, good for good for Clay Hilton. <laughs> <laughs> Making that bank by doing nothing and. Yeah. Well, no, he's 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 moving up to an even topper job, like I said, a um, topper job, which is joining us. On air, of course. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, sorry. Uh, Shay, Fel- Shay, Shay Felton, Felton is doing that. will be on air. Different person. Yeah, we, I just figured that since he's not going to be doing anything now, he that could he could join us. Um, but speaking of two of the other top jobs, Ohio State and Oregon, um, this last week, obviously, biggest game of the week, at least more, yep. most impactful. Yes. Um, especially in hindsight, was Oregon-Ohio State. Um, Oregon won by 14, was it? No, I think it was 7 out of 10. 7, seven out of 10? Okay, yeah. <clears throat> Without the two of their better players, Justin Flo, and who I think is going to be out for the season now, they're talking about, and probably the arguably the best player in college football in KV on Thibodeau, even without them, um, we're able to win 35-28. But... Uh, Kind of, kind of held that offense in check. Not really, because they have C.J. Stroud, which is pretty good, honestly, um, and all the wide receivers around, so they still did their own. But um, the more important thing, the Ohio State defense didn't hold Oregon at all. Their running back had like three touchdowns and like 180 yards and had a fucking day. But Yeah, the Ohio State of the last few years is uh, not present currently. It, it, they just don't look the same, right? Yeah. They used to, they used to just go in and if it wasn't a playoff game, they would just generally speaking just dominate the teams that they were playing, right? We we talk about them as being possibly DBU. They have good D lines a lot of times, yeah. decent running backs. Yeah. Um, so their defenses are always pretty good. Their offenses yep. are always really good. Um, obviously, they're starting a, f- a first time quarterback, but as we talked about earlier this week, just you know shooting shit as we do um ohio state might have the best receiving core in the country and arguably in terms of talent right so if you look at just like paper 
talent is as talented or or greater than any team that I can remember at the wide receiver position. If you go through their roster and you look, you've got Chris Olave, who wasn't as highly rated, but is very good. Garrett Wilson, five-star. Julian Fleming, five-star. Jackson Smith Njigba, five-star. And those last two guys were, you know, anytime you have a five-star receiver, they're going to be in top three or four at least receivers. Julian Fleming was supposed to be the best player in his class. It was like one or two, depending on, you know, who you asked or by the end of the year, right? So these guys are supposed to be like the best, right? Those last two guys are now sophomores. Garrett Wilson, I believe, is a junior. Mm -hmm. Chris Olave is a junior, right? I think he's a senior. A senior? He's a redshirt junior, but yeah. Fair enough. Um, you know, on paper, they com- they compete with anybody in that in recent memory, including the likes of Alabama. Production and paper talent are two separate things. Exactly. Right? Nobody thought that, you know, Devonta Smith was going to win a Heisman. No. If you looked at his recruiting. But he did. So, production is everything. And they just don't seem to produce be producing. I don't know if... Stroud just can't get the ball to them. You know, like what's that? It just doesn't feel, their offense doesn't feel as explosive as it should based on the receiving core that they have. Yeah, I would, I would, I would uh, pretty much agree with that. Um, like you said, there's five stars, four stars all over the place. Um, I still think the Alabama of two years ago and the LSU of two years ago would argue that they're the best ones, but that's not here nor there. They're credible classes. But, uh, yeah, I think the offense isn't as producing as well as you would think, as well as the well machine we talked about. Um, and the defense, obviously, is trash right now. Uh, can't hold anybody. does also bring into, going back to what we were just talking about, the best um, coaching jobs in the country. Not that this is going to be a coaching job. But whenever Urban Meyer did leave, they did just promote within and bring in Ryan Day. Uh, they did that with Clay Hilton. They do that every once in a while, you know. They they got a coach in, in in waiting, but how much of this is kind of in that same realm of you know who the coach is at, right? Urban Meyer had set up his system, had recruited real well. It's been two years now without him, so two recruiting classes. So some of these guys are now, if not juniors, like sophomores or whatever. How much is that on you know Ryan Day eventually now getting his team, his guys in, and him doing his job coaching, right? Like. Urban Meyer was doing his thing. He won a national championship. He had him winning 10, 11 games easily every year. Ryan Ryan Day did that twice, or twice, one or two years now, and then this is his third year. Is is this more on him now? That also, you know, potentially could be proving, uh, shedding a light on what actually how good or how good of or not good of a coach Ryan Day is, and uh, you know, going back to the Steve Sarkeesians and Clay Helms of the world, are they just going to get exposed at a big name program like? Ohio State and you know a couple of years from now we're talking about an opening at Ohio State again yeah so I think um, this was actually something I wanted to bring up too exactly what you just talked about is I think year three you start looking at it's becoming you've had time to recruit yeah the players are the the, the impact players in your team are starting to become the ones that you've recruited you've developed you know in your first year 
you know, Urban Meyer tossed Ryan Day the keys. Ryan Day had even been in the program for a while, so he knew how it was run. Mm-hmm. He knew all those things, you know, yeah. just don't fuck it up, you know. And then over time, you start to maybe lose control of it a little bit. You can't run it exactly the same way. Maybe he's not as good of a recruiter. Again, this is a very reactionary because they've lost yes, one yes. game, right? Um, they were in the national championship last year. Yeah. So to say that they're falling off is but strong. It, it's but, kind of the thinking also because yeah. it's also a new quarterback, like you said. I wanted to parallel to that. Like You are bringing a new quarterback, but this is when you have to step in. And they're like, Justin Fields. He was a godsend. Was Yeah, was something else for them. And he'd already been coached a little bit and had that talent. Like Now you have to step in. Be the coach and coach this guy up. Coach up these receivers, younger ones. You know, Chris Olave's been there for a while, but coach up these younger guys and specifically the defense. You know, you got to coach up these guys. Like we said, there's some juniors and sophomores now that are starting. What are you going to do? We'll see what happens. Well, you know, and a uh, an anecdote close to home for this, right, is if you look at the the Ryan Day – and Urban Meyer kind of timetable and the way that those teams have looked. Mm -hmm. And then you look at Kevin Sumlin, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And A&M's first year, first two years specifically, actually, in the SEC, Mm -hmm. um, everyone didn't, you know, everyone was thinking that A&M wasn't going to do well in the SEC Mm -hmm. and everything, Mm -hmm. and then came out and went 10-2 and in their first season, right? Yep. Looked really good. Johnny... Heisman. Heisman, O-line was incredible. Yep. Um, you know, there were multiple first-round picks on that O-line. Yep. There was a number of first-round picks all over that team yep. um, at lots of different positions yep. um, on offense and defense. Yep. Um, none of those guys were recruited by Kevin Sumlin. No. And then once you get to year three, which Without is – Mike Evans, 2014. Without, yep. 2014 class was the first class that was actually recruited by Kevin Sumlin. And you get somebody like Miles Garrett, yep. right? Um, but, you know, we know a lot about these recruiting classes. I'll say somewhat inf- unfortunately. <laughs> but, you know, the 2015 A&M recruiting class is probably one of the worst of all time. Yes, There was... By their like junior year, there was like one or there was like three guys, guys. left from the class. Yep. Everyone else had transferred. Yeah, Ricky Seals Jones. Everyone else had either transferred or committed murder or something, something and were no longer on the team. Yep. Smoke the weed. Yep. Stay off. Stay the off weed. the weed. But anyway, um, so yes. we are going to see now what Ryan Day is about. That's what I'm saying. It, it, it could be, like, to your point, we're getting away from the game or getting at. But, yes, we'll see what Ryan Day is about. We'll see what Ohio State looks about. They've struggled. They struggled game one. They were down at halftime versus Minnesota. Minnesota's an all, like, all right team. They're probably going to win eight or nine games. But they struggled. Figured out in the second half, they were like, well, we have the better receivers, all that. Then against um, Oregon last week, like we said, without two of their best defenders for Oregon, they look bad. Like, they were at the horseshoe. Like, they're home. You need to assert your dominance. You're a national caliber team. Like you said, they were in the playoffs two years ago, and they were in the finals last year. You know, you got you to gotta be just asserting your will and winning this team, um, willing this team to a win. Um, but, you know, specifically when you think the Pac-12 is usually down, right? The Pac-12 is a little bit lower. 
and the pecking order, usually SEC or Big Ten, and then, you know, everybody else, kind of Pac-12. Oregon looked good. Um, Mario Cristobal also talked about for going to the USC uh, <laughs> job. Uh, coach for Oregon looked good. You know, he's he's doing well. He's also been there for about three or four years now. He's also figuring it out. Um, but, you know, I, I think it's just interesting. I think it's fun that this year, maybe last year because of COVID, but this year has had so much upsets so much intrigue with all these games makes it kind of fun, I think. Honestly, so um, my, we, don't, we don't see the same Ohio State, Clemson, Alabama winning year in and year out. Makes it a little bit interesting, I think. I think I saw something about this is like the most like ranked team. There was like some stat where it was basically like it was some level of kind of chaos and yeah, underdogs, seven, and it was there's like been seven ranked teams in the past two weeks that lost. Granted, I think three or four were between two ranked teams, so that. There was going to be three or four regardless, but there was seven overall ranked teams that have lost. It's only happened like once in the past 12 years or something. Yeah, it's been a while. But if we look at the season up to this point, right, the two biggest games so far, Georgia-Clemson yep. and this last week, Ohio State-Oregon, in your opinion, what was the who had the biggest win and who had the biggest loss? Like in terms of impactfulness, in terms of oh, those are two different questions. They are two different questions. The biggest win is Oregon. Like Oregon has the biggest win because they are now like thought of as for real, right? The Pac-12 is always like we just said a second ago, a little bit lower down the pecking order. Playoffs start today. They're in exactly. So Oregon has the best best win. I think still, and I said this the past two weeks now. The worst loss is Clemson. I said this before Clemson Georgia even played. The must win, the had to win team was Clemson against Georgia. Like if they had, if they would, I said back then you can hear two years, weeks ago. If Clemson lost, it would impact them the most because the ACC is so bad right now. They won't have a good win. They can go eleven and one, but they won't have like these marquee wins. They need to drop fifty on these teams to even be considered because you know. A one-loss Ohio State is going to get above them. A one-loss Georgia or Alabama is going to get above them. You might get two SEC teams, OU and Oregon, right? Like, I think if that's the case, Clemson's out. So I think the best win so far is Oregon over Ohio State. The worst loss is Clemson. And I still say it. I said it last week or two weeks ago. ACC is out. The ACC is not making the playoffs. Write it down. Well, Clemson doesn't play another person with a pulse. Exactly. Well, is, is USC going to figure it out? No. Is VTech the only one left? Miami? No. Yeah. That's the problem is Oregon has a pretty sweet yeah. road to the playoff at this point with a good win. Good and win. at this point, if they just don't lose, they st- probably stay in the they top four. Yeah. Obviously, college football playoff committee has different rankings. Yeah. But, you know, at this point, they would be like, oh, well, they beat Oregon or Ohio State. So well, they, about, they'll also beat Oregon State. But yeah, shit. Exactly. What about, uh, I don't know, do you agree with those? Yeah, I think so. I think that's probably about what it is. What about your team, Iowa? What about Iowa beating Iowa State? Yeah, I know we didn't bring that one up, but that was also last week. Yes. A ranked top 10 matchup. Iowa's now five. And uh, I, I, I won big money on that. You did, you did. Uh, oh, yeah, I put 300 bucks on Iowa. Yeah, no, they, they won big. I mean, I think... Uh, Their defense is raw. I think they could... They could contend for the i mean obviously because they're the highest ranked big 10 team but i I think they're a big contender for the big 10 championship um 
even though Ohio State lost, they should not be counted out. Fair. Even after the long discussion we had about you know how good are they, we don't really know. They shouldn't be counted out just because of a talent standpoint. Um, but I think you know at this point Iowa is looking really good. Who's that? Um, I yeah, I believed in the Hawkeyes. There's is different, and I don't think they play each other. Correct me if I'm wrong, but Iowa Ohio State don't play each other until if it were to be in the uh, Big Ten championship game, which would be interesting because it would be almost like um, what's the saying? An immovable force versus an unstoppable. Um, because oh, Iowa is all about. Do they play together? No, okay. they played Penn State. And yeah. Wisconsin are probably their biggest games. Iowa is all about the defense. Like, Iowa is about turnovers, good defense, stopping the other team. Their tight ends. Is all right. Yeah, their tight ends are always good. But, you know, they're not about, like, flashy receivers and good quarterback play. Like, they do all right, but they're about a stout defense. Which is interesting because Ohio State, we just talked about, is all about flashiness, right? It's all about, like, the C.J. Strouds and Justin Fields and all these wide receivers. So it would be interesting to see that play out. I don't know how that would play out and we still have weeks to decide if, if that even happens but I think it'd be a good game to see how that works out and like I said Iowa might be the best team in the Big Ten potentially, potentially. okay that game's played this weekend where does where, uh, in, who do you put money on in the big like a neutral site like the Big Ten Championship yeah sure neutral site Iowa right now Iowa. yeah because I think a, and I know it's antiquated but defense wins championships the bruh defense, I don't know man the defense would stop um, Ohio State enough, and the Ohio State defense looks so bad that they wouldn't be able to stop a weak Iowa offense. It'd be like a 14, bro. Nick 10 Saban game. straight up said I recently know, that I, defense doesn't, and I don't know who I else. Know. Who else you want to believe? Some rat poison, you know it. Who else do you want to believe? You know, Nick Saban said it. Is rat poison his own words? Nick Saban is God, dude. Oh God. Um, but anyways, I would take Iowa there. And like I did take Iowa, um, so I guess this is this is a good good as time as any to uh, you know reveal from last week. Our, How good our, I am! Our oh bets. my gosh! Apparently, wow! Apparently, Berto does need to start sports betting because wow. uh, on his one thousand dollar bet, he made fourteen hundred dollars again. And then on my one thousand dollar bet, I made my money back. So yeah. So back to your point. Yeah, if you want to make. Turn a thousand dollars into a thousand dollars. Go talk to Eric over here. Yeah, if you want me, you, I, I can I can show you how to do it real quick. Um, yeah, if you want me to show you how to turn two thousand dollars into sixteen hundred dollars, I can also do that because that's my my year in in review. Berto is twenty nine hundred on two thousand dollars yes, investment. Um, but Hell yeah, this yeah, last son. week, this last week, Berto put three hundred on Oregon, two hundred on Arkansas. He lost on. 150 on Ohio State. Yep. He got 200 on the over/under of Old Miss and Austin P. Um, isn't that just P? I think Austin, it's Austin P. Yeah, P- you're right. P E A Y. I think yeah. it's Austin P E A Y. Yeah. Um, and then he lost 150 on the which, over/under for Utah BYU. Which, if you listen to the tape a week ago, I almost put the under on that, and then I said what? Um. Bitches take the under, I believe. Bitches take the under, so I put the over. So yeah, I almost you would have made three hundred bucks if you were a bitch. Exactly, I would have won. I would have been at seventeen hundred. Wow, wow. Uh, woods don't matter in this game. Yeah, if, um, if it was his real life, I wouldn't have put the the over. I would have put the under. But wow, take the so he's under. a bitch. Pussies take the under, so we're going over. 
but I'll take that loss because I still won. So for me, I I lost three hundred on Ohio State. I won a hundred on Arkansas. Fuck yeah. Um, I won three hundred on you, Iowa. I, I won two hundred on Arkansas, jackass. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck yeah. No, I said fuck yeah because they beat okay, Texas. Okay, yeah. Okay. Fuck okay. them. Yeah. Um, horns down, dude. Oh, yeah. Um, I won a hundred on Penn State. That was just a cash grab. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was kidding. And then, holy fuck, man! I lost two hundred bucks on the fucking A and M Colorado over under. Dude, I, thought I that picked was a the good over. Pick. It made so much sense. Like I, I was like, it was a great pick. Like low key, the A and M defense. Well, that, I mean, the, the final score it was seventeen. So it's not like it was even fucking close to that. Well, no, the line was seventeen. <laughs> yeah, the line was seventeen, and the total score for both teams combined was seventeen. I mean, fuck, man. That was one of the worst things I've ever watched. Anyway. <laughs> I thought it was a good call, too, last week. Like, to be fair, yeah. I also was like, that's a good pick. Yeah. But I was like, I'm not going to go for the money grab. So, Well, I mean, we also didn't think that our starting quarterback was going to yes. get injured yes. in his sixth play, sixth snap. And then exactly. we also wouldn't have necessarily anticipated that the backup was going to be a deer in headlights. Um, not that he isn't going to be okay for the rest. We'll see. But he was definitely not ready for the moment. And... Then I mean, shit. The A and M defense really screwed me on this one, because I mean, after seven points though? in the first quarter or whatever it was, did they though? No, because I don't give a shit about this. Like thirty on them or forty on them. Well, I would have needed them to drop, you know, forty. Forty, yeah. So I'm glad that didn't happen. Exactly. So, so did they? in this case, I'm okay. Upset? I'm okay with the two hundred dollar loss. It's totally okay. All I'm hearing though is I'm pretty good at this, and Eric's not. So. Uh, apparently, I'm improving. He is getting better. I think this is your week. I think my picks are just at the ass. So, oh, so we'll dive right into it. All right. So biggest biggest games of the week. Um, I understand that game day is in Pennsylvania, but we're going to start with a game that I think is more important: Alabama, Florida. Oh, okay, sure. Uh, Alabama, Florida in the swamp. Um, Alabama's looked good. They did play Miami and Mercer, so two FCS teams. So um, now they actually play a good uh, F- <laughs> FCS team and an SEC Fuck. team. Uh, number 11-ranked Florida. Uh, what? Those are two FCS teams. The number ranked 11-ranked Florida team who hasn't played anybody. But they kind of have a uh, QB controversy, which is kind of interesting. Yes. They, pl- they play dual quarterbacks, which... Always works. Yes, I was about to say, just like Texas... When you have two quarterbacks, you don't have one. So, I think that's a downfall there. Emory Jones is a starter. He's the better passer, technically. Uh, Anthony Richardson is the runner. Uh, but people are already asking for Anthony Richardson to come in and start over Emory Jones. And I'm like, they've won both games. Why are fans upset about this? But fans will be fans. Um, True. They're going to go into the swamp. Um, line is 14.5 to Alabama. And I'm going to bump that shit because uh, Bama's going to win by like 30. I yeah, a, I have the same. Yeah, they're at three hundred bucks on that. I don't think there's any question. Bama's far ahead of everybody else. Florida looks all right. I just think they're, Florida's untested. Exactly. You know, and obviously, like well, you said, Bama's untested. Bama. <laughs> but um, you know, I just think Bama's been ready to go. We we talked about it after week one. There's Bama, and then there's everybody, everybody else. else. Like they walked into week one looking like they're ready for a playoff game. Yeah. I mean, it'll be a little bit more competitive. Um, I think it'll be 
close in the first quarter. Uh, that's about it. It'll be Alabama all day. Florida's going to have a long day. Yeah. That's about it. I mean, you know, the, the thing is, like, if, if we're looking at, like, a, you know, a 42 to 24 game, I think that's a win for Florida. Well, that line works. Yeah, exactly. Over. Yeah. Easy. Exactly. I put 300. You put 300. All right. So, college game day out in Pennsylvania. Out Auburn, in Pennsylvania. Penn State. Uh, Auburn, Penn State. Uh, whiteout game. I know you love the whiteout I game. I do love the whiteout game. We haven't really done this yet, but you, you on the best like game day experiences, I think you would put that as number one. Um, I've always said um, if I could go to another school, it would be Penn State. There you go. And it was partially because of the whiteout game. I just, I think that's a, oh, it's, I think it's fantastic. It's, I think they do such a good job because it's such a thing, I yep. guess, that it's very universal. Everybody knows that it's going to be, um, you know, there isn't just like random patches of other colors. No, no. Everybody's wearing white, you know, like the, the recently for the Kent State game, A&M did red, white, and blue in honor mm-hmm. of 9-11. It looked pretty good. But the white is just some. It's just different. Yeah, it's it, completely white. It looks. It's also always a night game. Like, yeah. It stands out more. Yeah, it's it's awesome. So, good point. Um, that's not why, but I am taking Penn State on it. The line is five points to Penn State, so less than a touchdown, and they're at home, so it's almost a toss up. Really, it's only a couple points. Really, two points. Yeah. We always say three points is a home field advantage. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so almost a toss up. But I think Penn State's actually pretty good. I picked them two weeks ago to beat Wisconsin, and they did not fail me. Um, I think I'll pick them again. I think also Auburn has a problem. Um, its name is Bo Nix. So, <laughs> what? Uh, he's all right. I feel like Bo Nix has been – he's only a junior. He's, it feels like he's been playing for like eight years. Yeah, no. He's, he's been there since like 20, no, 2012, right? Pretty much since like – Right after Cam. Yeah. Um, but he's like always good, but not great. And I think people think he's great because he like puts up 60 against nobody. But then when he plays like good teams, he gets exposed. So I think it's, and it's a away game. And to your point, the, the whiteout, the whole thing, it's going to be more than he can handle. I think Penn state wins easily 10 to 14 easily. I think Bo Nix, the best analogy is he's a, you know, he's like a, a power hitter, right? Okay. Swings for the fence. Okay. Right? He's either going to hit a home run or he's going to strike out. Unfortunately, okay. he's not Otani. No. He's not Barry Bonds. Nope. He strikes out a lot more yes. than he hits home runs. Right? So, yeah, he'll hit a home run every once in a while and he'll be like, yeah, this is great. But, like, for the most part, you know, he's like, spun himself around because he swung so hard and missed, right? Yeah. He's just, it, it's just tough because some games he looks re- really good. Some, even just some plays he looks really good. Exactly. And then he'll go out there and just fuck it up somehow. Yeah, he's so sporadic. Um, but I, like I said, I don't think he can perform in the big games in a hustle environment at Penn State. With that being said, I took Auburn. <laughs> I put a hundred on him. <laughs> Let's go, Bo Nix. Are you gonna <laughs> Let's go home run. Elaborate or just, um, just that? We can go so, to the next one. <laughs> if, 
shit. Um, the more I talk, and if they lose, I look more of like an idiot. But um, they've got they've they're gonna have the SEC size, right? Um, SEC yeah. size and speed. <sighs> they've got Tank Bigsby, who a lot of people are very, um, very high on. Um, I think they probably will be able to run it on Penn State. You know, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if they had 200 plus running rushing yards by the end of the game. Um, Auburn is completely untested. They've, yes. I think, they've scored over 60 points in their first two games yeah, against nobodies, right? Yes, but you know, we don't really know. I mean, at least they're doing what they're supposed to be doing, which is blowing out these teams. Yeah, I mean, yeah, right. but that's the whole thing we're getting at. They're blowing out and nobody's Bonix looks like a Heisman contender. Well it's better than not blowing out teams that you're supposed to blow yeah, out. But he looks like a Heisman contender and then he plays a good team, a mediocre team, and shits to bed. So I think it's gonna just gonna happen again. Um I think they haven't shown anything like you're saying. I think they're gonna get exposed. Like I said, I got Penn State two hundred bucks. I mean, I agree completely. <laughs> Auburn said, Auburn by less than five, dude. Alright. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> you, you think Penn State wins on a field goal. Fair enough. Auburn right. by a billion. Next one. Um, Arizona State at BYU. Another ranked game. Uh, I think Arizona State's like 19. BYU's 23. Like 23. So it is another ranked game. The top three ranked games. Um, in BYU and Arizona State's getting four. They think Arizona State's going to win by four. You know, we should just purely use the coaches poll just to piss people off. Oh, we could do that. <laughs> I've thought of that before. I was like... Why did they even do it? Why did they well, even do the coaches' poll? Back in the day, they used to... I think back in the day, the coaches' poll was original. Yeah, before they I'm sure it was. And so that's what decided the national champion. Yeah, And then but, the AP poll came out, and the AP poll was better, and now the coaches' poll only just like copies the AP poll, so it's like almost irrelevant. Not really, but almost irrelevant. Also, coaches don't vote, as you all, all pretty much know if you don't. They give some fucking, like, intern to be like, okay, vote for your 25. And dude fucks it up and it looks bad. But, anyways, we could do the coaches' poll just to fuck with people. But we'll also switch over to the CFP rankings whenever that comes out because it's better than the AP poll. Yes. Anyway. Uh, Arizona State at BYU. Arizona State um, minus four. Um, Not really sure on this team or this game. Arizona State, the... Fighting Herm Edwards, um, BYU, uh, just BYU. Um, the Mormons. The Mormons, I guess. I got BYU. I don't think uh, this is a pretty close matchup. I don't think either of these teams are really that good, uh, but I'm just had to pick one. I got BYU by 50 bucks. Um, I took BYU 100. Um, I'm honestly not all that confident, but I was just like, screw it. Yeah, fuck it. Um, I, the problem is, you know, we're two weeks into the season. We still don't know a lot. No. Um, every week we get a little bit more information, more data points, right? As we talked about last week, one point you can't do anything with, two points you can make a line, and then three points is a trend, right? Okay. So yep. um, at this point, you know, all we kind of know is, you yep. know, maybe BYU's okay. Maybe Utah's not as good as we thought they were. Exactly. You know, all these things start playing into it. Um, so... It's hard to say, but BYU, 100 points, $100, whatever. Nice. All right. This is the best one. So, South Carolina, an SEC, another SEC matchup. Not a ranked matchup. In-conference game. In-conference SEC game. Two undefeated teams, South Carolina going into Georgia, right? 
neither of these team is averaging their defense is averaging more than 10 points allowed which is pretty good i think georgia's allowing like four points allowed because they don't let anybody score on them um their offenses are completely different but georgia by 31 and a half with the over under being 48 <laughs> which means they're looking at like a eight to 40 yes, game pretty much which i don't even know if the georgia offense can put that up in an sec game Against a decent defense. Yeah, I that I think this is um, it's a little bit interesting. It's it's at Athens, it's Georgia home. You know, two years ago, Georgia lost to South Carolina. I think in overtime, or right before, or at the last second field goal, if not a, a overtime field goal, a last second field goal against South Carolina, and they were also projected to win by like twenty five or something. Cost them the playoffs. Right now. Both defenses look good. Georgia's defense looks ridiculous. South Carolina hasn't really played anybody, but they also look pretty good defense. The problem, I think, right now is uh, JT Daniels was injured, or injured, didn't play last week because he had an oblique issue. I don't know what that means, but anyways. And Stetson Bennett, my boy, my boy Stetson Bennett from last year, uh, came in and did really well, and now they have also a quote-unquote QB controversy. They think JT Daniels is going to start, but we'll see. Um... But I think the line is too big. 31 and a half. That's wild. For an SEC. Uh, and they're not playing Vanderbilt? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's a, that's a line right there. So who do you have? I have uh, South Carolina covering, not winning. Yeah, covering. Covering the 31 Fuck. and a half for 100 bucks. Um, So mine is a little bit more, well, yours is long-winded in that you had a technical analysis of you know the teams and things like that mine's gonna be a little bit different all right so um and this is just to kind of bring up another point from this last weekend but um if you don't know their mascot is the gamecocks yep right um this last weekend there's another school called the gamecocks and it's jacksonville state this last weekend was a great weekend what for Gamecocks. Jacksonville State beat Florida State in a wild, wild finish. If you, if you didn't see it, go watch. Wild Hail, Hail Mary. Yeah. I don't know what the Florida State DBs were doing, but they weren't tackling and they weren't playing as DBs. Um, they weren't but playing last weekend was a great weekend for Gamecocks. This weekend is also a great weekend for Gamecocks. They're not going to win. But they're going to beat the line. <laughs> $300 on South Carolina on the line. Great weekend. Great weekend for the Gamecocks. Because they don't lose by 32. They don't lose by 32. Nice. Away. Um, so next, Purdue at Notre Dame. Notre Dame's favored by seven. My initial thought was that was slight disrespect to Notre Dame, given that Purdue has also not played anybody, despite them being 2-0. So? What? What? Notre Dame hasn't played anybody. And they barely won twice. Fair enough. As you just said, going back to your parallel, we're going to do this again. Jacksonville State beat Florida State in a walk-off Hail Mary. Hell yeah. Notre Dame had to go to overtime and have a bad call by Mike Norvell to make their field goal closer for their kicker to miss for that Notre Dame to hit a field goal to win. What? What? So, and then they played somebody else who was an FCS team and barely won. Toledo. Who? 
Toledo. Yeah, I was gonna say Toledo, but I wasn't sure. Um, it took a it took a, like a you know last two minute game yeah. winning touchdown. To, yeah, it was like a last Toledo. minute drive to win. Um, and then they beat Florida State, who just got beat by Jacksonville uh, State, who also isn't good. So I don't think this is uh, that disrespectful. It is a Notre Dame. Uh, back to the same thing, three points that way. So it's about a four-point game, whatever. I got Purdue. Not a lot of money on it, 50 bucks. But I'm just Do you have them outright? No, not outright. Okay. Just on the line. I think Notre Dame is super overrated, as they are every year. Uh, the first week, they thought... We were to your point. We were thinking Florida State was going to be a good team. Week one, one point. Second week, not a good team. So that makes Notre Dame's win look worse. And they barely beat Toledo. I think there's two games that are not good wins. Uh, Purdue isn't a horrible team. They're not a great team. So it'll be closer than seven, I think. Okay. Also, I only have fifty on it. So. I, I I took Notre Dame for a hundred. Honestly. Sure. Just screwing around. Fuck it. All right, uh, next one. One of the more intriguing ones, I think. Virginia Tech at West Virginia, right? So kind of a rivalry there, Virginia Tech, West Virginia. West Virginia, oh, 15th ranked Virginia Tech. I think it's 15 or 16. Yeah, somewhere in that range. Somewhere in that range. Virginia Tech ranked over an unranked West Virginia. The line is three points to West Virginia. Which means it's a toss-up. A toss-up. But Virginia Tech is ranked, West Virginia isn't, and Virginia Tech beat UNC. Does that mean, or I guess before we get into our predictions, does that mean that the Vegas, I guess, thinks that the win over UNC is more overrated because UNC isn't as good as they are? Or do they think West Virginia is better than they look right now? It's, I mean, obviously it's a a combination combination of both, both, right? But... um, which one is a bigger influence, I guess, is the question. Yeah. Um, I think the Virginia Tech win isn't as big. As we thought it was? Yeah, most likely. Yeah, I, I think mean, so as well. I mean, USC was a top 10 team. They're still ranked, but... The AP poll is reactionary. Yeah. Right? You beat a top 10 team. Holy shit, you're number 15 now. Yeah. Right, but... Now that they're playing a decent team in Virginia Tech, or in West Virginia, sorry, Virginia played playing West Virginia, the line is going to West Virginia or, you know, a toss-up. Um, regardless, I think Virginia Tech is a better team than West Virginia. I think they will beat uh, West Virginia. I know I have them just on the line because we only do lines, but I think Virginia Tech is going to win this game outright. Yep, I took them for 100 on the line as well. Yep. Um, that's all of Eric's picks. So he has Bama uh, by over 14, 300 bucks. Auburn not losing by 5, 100 bucks. Uh, BYU not losing by four hundred bucks. South Carolina not losing by thirty one and a half <laughs> for three hundred bucks. Notre Dame by winning by more than seven, and Virginia Tech over West Virginia. I notice, have one notice I didn't touch the A and M game. He did not. Yeah. Lines uh, like pain twenty nine on pain. Yes. Pain. Yeah, I think it's twenty nine and a half. Anyway, continue. Yeah, I'm from Spain, but it's not the S. Bad joke. Bad joke. Bad joke. Bad joke. Bad joke. Um. I have one more. Um, I picked last week Ole Miss versus Austin P, not PV, P, uh, the over-under because Ole Miss just puts up fucking points, and they did it last week. But this week, Ole Miss plays Tulane. I think it's at Tulane. The line is 14 to Ole Miss. Ole Miss is going to smash that shit. I put 200 bucks on them. That's my last one. And then do you want to go through your picks rapid yeah. fire? Sure. Uh, real quick, 
I have Bama over 14 and a half, 300 bucks. Penn State winning by more than five, 200 bucks. Uh, BYU not losing by four to Arizona State, 50. South Carolina not losing by 31 and a half, 100 bucks there. Purdue not losing by seven in Notre Dame, 50 bucks there. Virginia Tech beating outright, but also just for the line against West Virginia, 100 bucks. And then Ole Miss winning by more than 14, 200 bucks. Those are mine. Punch them in, lock them in. Those are going to win all. All those are going to win. Seven wins right there, guaranteed. All right. Um, so, one thing that we have yet to do is announce what we're putting our winnings from last week on. Oh, stupid winnings. Yeah. Your winnings. My winnings. I, hey, I won $1,000. Yeah, your losses last week. I could have bet nothing and then just turned around. and Exactly. But... Here we are. Your losses from last week and your non-wins. So, so what are you gonna? What are you gonna? I'm gonna let you go first on this one. Okay, um, I'm gonna put my my hefty winners go second. Oh shit! I'm gonna put my my hefty one thousand dollars on shoot. I, mean, I don't want to just say Alabama again because, like, I mean, obviously, you could do it again could do it again i kind of want to try to i kind of want to pick a heisman all right take pick candidate um, you can look up the odds real quick because i don't know off the top i i mean like it's probably still like uh spencer rattler um cj stroud uh, guys moving up was probably like matt corral um jt daniels probably moved up um the oregon Running back probably moved up. Uh, UCLA. Stroud, you know, obviously goes down. Um, JT Daniels, down. Desmond Ritter, dude. Oh, Cincinnati. I didn't tell them. They've been winning, and they look all right, but they're not, like, you know, imposing or anything, so. I mean... I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Bryce Young. Fuck you, Bryce Young. Yeah, you're a bitch. All right, so thousand on Bryce. Actually, Young. no. I'm gonna go Matt Corral. Damn you! That was my pick. Hey, I get oh, fucked. Man. Matt Corral. Damn you. Plus six hundred. That was my pick. I'll put my thousand dollars on Matt Show Corral. Us. You can pick Matt Corral if you want. I'm gonna go. Now I gotta look pivot real quick. Pivot. Pivot. Um. Who should I go with right now? I was going to go Matt Corral from the beginning. Like, from the beginning, that was my pick. You fucked me. Let's go. Fuck it. I throw away 1400 bucks anyways. Anthony Richardson, Florida. Heisman. Holy shit, man. Yep, there you go. Holy shit, that was the worst thing I've ever heard. There you go. He's a backup. He'll still win the Heisman. He'll win this job. And then... Holy shit. Um, there we go. Oh, Lord. What, <laughs> what, I, I wish... It's at this point that I wish I had the quote uh, memorized um, <laughs> from uh, Billy Madison, where the guy's like... Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Um, I'm not going to you, but... Having listened to that, everybody in this room and everybody <laughs> listening to this... Is now that much more stupid? Yeah, that's something like that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> holy shit. Yeah, but you took the you were gonna take my pick first off, and you were also gonna take Bryce Young. But so. literally, if you rewind it like three minutes, 
Bartel's going to be like, yeah, JT Daniels probably going to start this week. I don't think that – or sorry, um, Emory, Jones. Emory Jones is – well, he's probably going to start this week. But yeah, there's no way, dude. Anthony Richardson, though, All right. for Heisman. All right, sweet. Chuck that money in the trash. <laughs> yeah, I got money to blow. Not like your trash picks, dude. Well, it doesn't matter because uh, at the end of the day, if your if your bets don't hit, then uh, they do that. hit. What have we been talking well, about? Well, at the end I've of the been season, right? Watch, watch, watch if, what's gonna if happen. If Georgia doesn't win a national watch. championship, Georgia's gonna win a national championship, and Anthony Richardson's gonna be on Heisman. You're gonna be like, what the fuck is going on? If that happens. What, then you, you can probably you probably quit your day job and start just full time betting on college <laughs> sports. Hey man, it's it's a you know it's a high risk, high reward pick. I suppose so. Also, yeah. you were gonna go the easy what are the pick. what are the odds for him then? Like, probably like ten thousand and one. Not applicable is probably what it is. No, there's got to be odds for him. Just like the odds for the Jackson. But the I was Jarrett gonna pick Matt Corral. Like that was my pick, and I just wouldn't want to. Copy you. All right, fair. Let me see real quick. Um, so while you're seeing um, other headlines in sports, so last week we talked about U.S. Open, yeah, um, and how Novak was going to play uh, Medvedev, 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 Medvedev. There you go. Um, and I said if he ten thousand. Plus ten thousand. Everybody yeah. passed like twenty five. Yeah. As I said, it's, 10, they 000. do two, ten thousand. Yeah. yeah, they all just do ten thousand. So yeah. if you're on the list, you at least get ten thousand. He's on the list though. Um. So yeah, I said if he won, I was gonna read out all of the m- men's major winners since like two thousand four. Well, he didn't win, so damn, I- I'm not gonna do it. Fuck. Sorry, folks. Um, you have to look it up Shit. yourself. Well, yeah, so he didn't win, um, so he's, he remains tied with the rest of them. Yes, they're all tied at 20 still. Um, them being? Roger uh, Federer and Rafa Nadal. Yep. And he doesn't have his uh, career grand slam of having four uh, majors in the same, four out of four in the same year, essentially. You know what's funny is uh, the two finalists in the women's side, have less have lived fewer years than those guys have each won majors because they're 18 yes. and 19. Yes, and he's over here, like you know, 46. He's not 46, he's like 35. No, he's like 35 or 36, but he's got 20. Yes. Um, but you know, and as, when we were watching it, we were talking about you know, in the men's game, because they've dominated so much, there aren't a lot of young men's tennis players that are in the limelight right no there are a lot of young uh tennis men's players that we talked about but not in the same stratosphere as they are well i think i think the problem is in the in the men's game you just if you were young even if you were absolutely on fire for one tournament you still run into nadal federer or Djokovic. exactly and you just the, if you are uh, more, more than one of them, so. yeah. If you are an eighteen-year-old, you just eighteen-year-old guy. You simply just don't have the size, strength to compete with them. Yeah, and you just will not get past them. 
an 18 year Coco Goff is like 15 and does pretty well. She's like 17 now, but yes. Well, when she was 15 or whatever it was. Yeah, she right? was like 15. The women's game is just different in that way and that it's not all about raw power. Um, whereas the men's game, you do need a significant amount of it. Um, but, you know, as we talked about, this might be kind of the tr- beginning of that transition between, you know, Novak and, you know, as he kind of enters the twilight of his career. Some say prime, but... I was going to say, I don't know about how this twilight. It's a twilight for... Um, Federer and Federer and Nadal. They're, I mean, they were both weren't in the U.S. Open. Um, I think Federer dropped out of the French Open. Djokovic beat Federer, or beat Nadal in the French Open, which is, you know, Nadal's tournament. Um, I think Djokovic also beat Federer in the Wimbledon, so also his tournament. And, yeah, I mean, I think... Like we talked about, Djokovic is, might be in his prime, and these guys are like in the decline. So I could easily see it four or five years from now, if he plays that long, Djokovic just destroy this record. Not this past Sunday, getting to 21, but you know. Over plays, time. He plays four, you know, for the next three, four years and wins seven. Like even like seven out of 16, you know, less than half, and he destroys the record. You know? Yeah, he's like, been doing better than that. Yeah. Over the last, he's been destroying it the past like three or four years. So like, he might be in his prime. He might win. I mean, hopefully this doesn't decline just because you know you want to see him break it. You want to see more of that. Hopefully Federer to his point, like Federer and Nadal come back and also win more to make it more competitive. But you know, you could easily see Djokovic could with like close to thirty when it's all done, said and done. But speaking of thirty-five year olds, the Los Angeles Lakers. What about him? This roster that they have pieced together um sounds amazing oh yeah in 2012 oh yeah you know like the guys on the i swear the guys on this roster it's even we'll say like 2015 even right um these guys have all just they're a lot of them are ring chasing oh 100 percent. right they're they're so i mean if, if you Everybody if you haven't kept up with it right now that's the whole thing yeah, if you haven't kept up with it, they've got LeBron, yep, AD, who might be you know one of their younger players. Most he's probably like what third, fourth youngest. Yes, right. I think Malik Monk's probably the youngest, Monk. and then Matt McClung's a rookie or whatever. Fallon, yeah, Horton, Tucker. Like, does it count in this list? I don't know, but anyway, it's LeBron. You know, Russ, Russell Westbrook's older. Um, Dwight Howard is older. DeAndre Jordan is older. Yep. Um, you know, Ron Art- or, uh, Trevor, Ariza Trevor Ariza is old. Like, this roster is just full of, like, ancients. Carmelo, Carmelo Anthony is older. Yep. Like, it's just the whole ro- Rajon Rondo. The whole team is just, like, yep. these ancient motherfuckers in basketball terms. Hmm. Right? So, who do you have in the finals? Uh, on the east, I have the Nets. On the west, I'm trying to go through the west right now. So you would put the Nets above the champion Bucks. Yes. Do you think the Bucks was that was just a one year flash in the pan? Oh, I don't think it's a one year flash in the plan, but I think it's really hard to go back to back, and I think the Nets are gonna uh, 
mesh better. If they don't week. have injuries? Yeah, as long as they don't have injuries, which they I mean, that seems like their biggest issue is they, all of them being on the field. And they figure out how to do that. They're all, they were also, like, if uh, KD step backs, like, three inches back, hits a three instead of a two, they're also in the third round instead of or the conference finals instead of the Bucks. So it was also that close. If you go back to it, it comes down to his big-ass feet in his, his own words. His big-ass feet not being... On the line versus off the line, but anyways, so I think they're gonna mesh better and they're gonna win the 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 East. Sixers are trash. I don't know what they're doing. Ben Simmons might get traded, maybe not. I don't know. They're bad. The Bucks will be the next best team, and then maybe it's the Hawks. You know, the Celtics are still a little bit of ways. They're away. kind of in purgatory. Yeah. Where they're not really getting better, they're just kind of existing. The Knicks aren't that good. The Bulls made a lot of trades. The Bulls made some moves to be sixth in the East, but, you know. <laughs> yeah. They're going to lose to, For, a, to a first-round exit. Yeah, exactly. Wow, dude. Congrats. Um, the West is a little bit more interesting in that the Warriors are back. Hopefully, Clay comes back. Um, that might be the West team. That's what I'm thinking. Um, the Clippers are still there. I don't think they're ever going to get past that hump, but the Clippers are right there. The Nuggets are right there, you know. Jamal Murray comes back uh, with Aaron Gordon, just got signed for four year, ninety two million with Joker. That's a good team. Yep. If Jamal Murray comes back, uh, Dame's still in Portland, so he's not winning anything. Let's just get Dame <laughs> out of there, man. Free save, Dame. Free Dame, honestly. Save my man. Uh, what if he the, What if he went to the Nuggets? Why? Why would he go to the Nuggets? That'd be wild. I think he wants to go to the East. I can see that. Like I think the trade it should be. Ben Simmons for Dame. So then you have a shooter, a shooting point guard instead of a Ben Simmons point guard. You know what I mean? Well, so a good point guard <laughs> versus a, a shitty point guard? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. And you have Joel there, so it's a little bit better. Um, but, you know, what about the Mavs? The Mavs, uh, Donch is in his year four, I think, now. Like, he, he's still developing. He still puts up almost 30-point triple-doubles if... Unicorn kind of figures it out. He could, you know, help him out. And then we always have the Spurs with a pop. Never count out. Hell no. The Spurs pop. The Popovich Spurs. I also agree. Hell no. But they're they're gonna get. They might win thirty five games. They'll win forty. They'll win over forty games. They'll They'll go over five hundred. They'll go over five hundred. So forty forty two games at least. They go forty one at five hundred. They'll go forty two and forty. Will they make the playoffs? They'll be in the nine ten playing thing. Yeah. If you count, is that a playoff or is that do you have to win? Well, those? as I've What's always said, technically that's the playoffs. Okay, so yes. They've made the postseason. Okay, so if they're in the nine ten thing, they're in the postseason. Yes, they'll make the playoffs. They'll win <laughs> over five hundred somehow with nobody, with guys off the fucking street where Popovich just like walking down the street and they're like, "Oh, you're Greg Popovich." He's like, "Oh, you're my next player." They found some dudes at Taco Cabana and they're yeah. just like, "Hey." Want to come play for the Spurs? Yeah. And you're like, yeah, Vos Spurs, well, dude. But I think uh, the answer is either the Lakers or the Nuggets or the Warriors. If I had to pick between those three, I would say the Warriors. Uh, the Suns are also not bad. Now I think about it. I just don't think the Suns are going to repeat what they did last year. Yeah, I mean, the problem is like, I, don't think, I don't think Devin Booker is going to get much better. Like, I don't know how much better Devin exactly. Booker can get. He's probably at his limit. Um, DeAndre Ayton gonna get better. DeAndre Ayton could could get better, but I mean, I think he's he's probably close to his ceiling yeah, right yeah. now. Anyway, just and CP3 still a, CP3. a twenty a twenty and like thirteen 
double double every game, yeah. right? That's pretty much it. Um, CP3 is not getting any younger, nope. so his physical abilities are diminishing. I don't think he's going to get better. Like, I mean, what, the only way he can get better is if he somehow became enlightened and got even oh. better at the mental side of basketball. Say, I thought you were going to say he only could get better if he grew about four inches, but yeah. Well, <laughs> shit. <laughs> yeah. You ain't wrong. <laughs> But, yeah, so I think it's between the Lakers, even though they're ancient, just because of LeBron, the Nuggets, and then the Warriors. And I think if I had to go in order, it would be Warriors, the Nuggets, then uh, Lakers. Who's going to have the better season? Matthew Stafford or Jared Goff? Oh, Matthew Stafford, Jared Goff? Oh, 100% Matthew Stafford. Because he has better pieces around him. Also, he has a better defense. Like, the fact that you have... Yeah, Jalen Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald playing defense on the other side is going to fuck up the other team's offense, so it's going to get make it better for you on Earth. Well, the yeah. Lions also just lost Akuda. Yes, they lost season. Jeffrey Akuda for the season. So, even worse. Also, that's funny you brought that up, because like, I thought Jared Goff was like all right, and I thought Matthew Stafford was all right. Like They're both number one picks. One's like 10 years younger than the other one. And like, whenever they made that trade, it's clearly not like the same. Like Didn't they give up like two first-rounders? And Jared Goff to go get Matthew Stafford? See, I think Matthew Stafford is better than Jared Goff. Well, I thought it was, like, comparable, though. Not, like... No, I don't think it is that comparable. I mean, Jared Goff's okay, but, I mean, I think Matthew Stafford is is a lot better. Granted, first-round picks are basically, apparently, worthless to NFL teams in trades. So. Fair. Well, I don't know. It depends who you're talking to, but fair. But it was Jared Goff, a third-round pick, and two firsts for Matthew Stafford. So you're telling me Jared Goff and a third and two firsts to make up Matthew Stafford? Well, I think the problem... I think that's a reach. Well, I think the problem is that, like you said, they're 10 years younger, and it's not in a good way if you're Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford has had a lot of injuries. He, you know, He's just gotten beaten up. Not, not necessarily like... Injury, injury, but he's been beaten up out there. Yeah, but you, he's you older. Up, so he's would, yeah, but so but he's older. He's get, had injury prone, and you would give up two first and a third, and your starting quarterback for just him. Well, let me get where I'm going. That, was, that, it seems was, like you're going the opposite way. I was so the thing with LA is they have a lot of one's thirty three, one's twenty six, so like seven, eight years. Yeah, they have a lot of they have a lot of talent. On the roster, on the offensive and defensive side of the ball. Um, they have been to a Super Bowl recently with Jared Goff. Yeah, with Jared Goff. And I think they just want to win one before they can't hold their current like team together. I think that's the thing, right? They're, they're, so they think they're the in trade? this win-now situation. Would you have done the trade? No. Okay, so that's what I'm getting at. I think... That's a bad trade. I think, yeah, I think the the issue is production is not going to be that drastically different. Exactly. My thing is, I think this. I think it depends. Some- it depends on when the first round picks were, though. You know, are they ten years from now? Because then maybe may no. Be. It's twenty twenty two and twenty twenty three. Yeah. So no. So the Lions are going or the Rams are going to be ideally like a twentieth pick or a twenty at least 22 pick or whatever, right? Like, to make the playoffs, at least you got to be, like, 20th, 22nd. Um, high 
first round picks. But either way, it's two firsts, a third, and golf for Matthew Stafford. My thing is that team three years ago when they made the um, the Super Bowl had Jerry Goff and had Todd Gurley. They have none now. They make these trades to go get Jalen Ramsey, and they give out like three first rounds. They make this trade to go get Matthew Stafford for like three rounds. I think Sean McVay is over in, over his head. Sean McVay has been anointed like one of the most smartest and like creative, like young-minded like coaches, and he did really well. I think he's in over his head, and I think it's him kind of like influence. It's going to backfire in his ass, and they're going to be like 10-11 wins again this year, losing the second round to the uh, Buccaneers or the Seahawks. And be like, why the fuck do we give out our whole fucking team to get third in the NFC? And that's going to happen for a couple years. And they're going to be like, is Sean McVay actually that, like, is his IQ that high? Because, like, it was, he was anointed, like, the next coming of Jesus. Like, you know? And I think you, you, you pretty much fucked up with Todd Gurley. Like, you had the best back in the league, and then you couldn't really play him. And then he was injured or not injured. He had to, like, be like, oh. And now you had, you know, a guy who took you to the Super Bowl. Let him go. Now you're bringing in Matthew Stafford. Hopefully he pans out. But, you know, you might be giving away or wasting away Aaron Donald's prime years. Just my hot take. Sean McVay looks like a prick. (laughs) That's not the point. And if he spent as much time trying to coach Jared Goff and how to play quarterback as he did spiking his hair every morning, Jared Goff would be an MVP. But unfortunately, Sean McVay's pointy head, pointy hair specifically, <laughs> has made it so that Jared Goff is now shunned to the murder capital of Detroit. at least Michigan, Detroit. Yeah. I I don't agree with the trade anyway, so I don't get why we got into this weird... Well, it'll be... Uh, I guess we'll see. Spinning up we point, have... But- 16 more games to figure out. The Warriors. Did you ever say who you have in the West? Um, I mean, I think the Warriors are just such an unknown at this point. The Lakers have a ton of knowns. Unfortunately, those knowns aren't great. (laughs) You know, like, yeah, I know who Carmelo Anthony is, and I know he's healthy, but I also know he's going to get, like, 11 points a game on like 20, yeah. 20 shots. You think he's going to get 20 shots off? He's going to try. With Russell Westbrook there? He's going to fucking try, dude. With Russell Westbrook there and LeBron James and Anthony Davis, how is he going to get 20 shots he's off? He's going to fucking try. How? That's what he's going to want, dude. Does he start? No. Then how is he going to get 20 shots off? He's going to try. He's going <laughs> to get 20 shots during like, you know, halftime, the breaks. Yeah, they're not going to give him the ball to get 20 up. shots off. Yeah. You never know. He's going to break three shots, and LeBron's going to be like, get the fuck off my court. Realistically, he's going to shoot four turnaround fadeaway jumpers from yep. the baseline yep. a game. Yep. And he'll make two, one to two of them a game. Yep. And then he'll get fouled, and he'll end up with seven points. Yes. That's it. Yeah, but you're making it seem like he's going to shoot 20 times. He's not. Two rebounds. And if you didn't know, when Carmelo Anthony gets a rebound, he yells, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> uh, it's very funny. But he does it every time. So he's going to be a 7-2 and two player, which is, uh, that's something. 
Yeah, but you got LeBron there. Not he, to be confused okay. with with uh, some players who get, you know, 7-7-7, seven, seven, and seven, you know. Can you name those players? Or that player? The glorious 7-7-7. Seven, seven, seven. LeBron gets 7-7-7. Seven, seven, and seven. He gets like 27-7-7-7. Well, it's actually, recently it's been tw- like 27-7-10. Seven, and 10. Yeah. But it, it, oh, it's been I like think 24. historically it's like 27, 7.9, and 7.8 or something. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, it's pretty good. But yeah, 777, seven, Draymond Green's bitch ass. Yes, yes. Draymond Green. Yes. Consistently gets seven not or... a triple double. Yeah. <laughs> if if seven were two digits, he would get a triple go- double every game. All the time. Yeah. If that's what the stat was, you know. He fills up the stat line. I told you that. He'll get seven, seven, and seven. One or two Seven blocks, fouls. One or two steals and five fouls. <laughs> there you go. And there you go. Fills up the stat line. One tech. Fills up the stat line. Yeah. Uh, you still haven't said your team. Um, I'll go Lakers to be different. All right, fine. All right, Lakers. You got Lakers. Re- you got realistically. You got the East then. Um, Nets. I mean, there's just firepower is just hard to overcome. Yep. Um, I don't know if the Bucks are going to. Keep that same magic. the 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 Nets were just so injury prone all all year. Yep. If they cannot be injured, um, and actually get that kind of well, get all of them on the field on the court at one time, yep. And actually build up kind of a rapport. You know, we'll see. They did lose a couple players. They lost DeAndre Jordan, so their team improved. Um, <laughs> you know, so it's hard to say. Fair but, enough. Fair enough. But anyway. Uh, before we just keep talking about random sports bullshit, this is what we do. This, this is what we. This is what we do. Um, other sports, other sports, in sporting news. Uh, Champions League soccer going on. PSG with Messi tied one one. Not a good outing. Um, oh, Man U, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo uh, on Saturday. No, last week. Uh, scored two goals. They won like four one. But yesterday uh, they lost two one to the young boys. Two uh, one. He did score again, so he scored three goals in two games. But they lost on a uh, walk off goal in the ninety fifth minute, which was a mistake by the defender. But they got the loss. So both teams are not doing that well. Just interesting to have that going on. Um, anything else? Any other sports you want to bring up? Baseball. Um, Other basketball news, John Wall is still trash. His contract is way overrated. They're trying to trade his ass, the Rockets are, so we'll see where that goes. Yeah. He's going to end up on the OKC Thunder. That dude went from a song about him to being easily the most overpaid player in the NBA. Easily. By a country fucking mile. Yes. So, Also, it's a rough time to be a Houston sports fan. Yes. It was great like three years ago. It was amazing like three years ago. Like you had like Watts, Deshaun Watson, you were in the playoffs, you were up on the Chiefs. You in, still like, had J.J. Watt. With J.J. Watt, you were up like 20 on the... Won a you World just, Series. Yeah, you just won a World Series with the Astros. The Astros is still all right though in baseball. And you were... You had James Harden and Chris Paul. Yeah. And you were in up... 3-2 on the Warriors. But, and here we are. And then two, three years later, nothing. Sean Watson well, I mean, might the, not play the, the Rockets are, are the 
Astros are okay. The Astros are literally they're, they're pretty good. Um, I mean, Houston won their first game in terms of the Texans. So they did. They did. They beat uh, T. Laws' ass. Yeah, as we talked about earlier. Sunshine. Um, Sunshine. Anyway, this has been totally biased. I was Eric. Hi, was Eric. Yeah, I was Eric. I, during this show, I was Eric. That's who I was. There you go. Fair enough. That was a, that was a conscious decision. To be Eric. Yeah, I was Eric. To have been Eric. Who to were, not be who, Eric, but who, to have been Eric. Yeah. Who were you during the podcast? I was Eric. Shit. And that was it. This has been totally biased. We are both Eric. See you next week. Stay frosty, my friends.